plugging some tables and software together. It's quite amazing. But it's wonderful to have so many people in church this morning. Um, we have been doing a, a three-week process of opening, and this week we invited a few more people to come and join us. So it's wonderful that you've been able to join us at church this morning. And um, just as we, as we come to the Word, I just want to pray. Lord, thank you, thank you for your Word. And Lord, I want to thank you for a Word that ignites faith. Lord, you say that faith comes, faith is birthed, the Fashion Bible says, by your Word, the anointed Word of God, the Word that the Holy Spirit comes on and makes alive and breaks open. And so, Holy Spirit, we just declare dependence on you this morning for, for a word that is anointed, for a word that ignites faith in every single heart that hears this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so my message this morning, I've entitled, it is Faith for Fresh Winds and Growth, hashtag two, because we started this, this theme last week and I had such a strong conviction that if we're going to look at and trust God and press into fresh winds and new growth, the foundation, the way it's going to come to pass in your life, in my life, in our lives as we come together, is through this amazing, life-giving reality called faith. And so, before we, before we get on, I just want to highlight this. You saw the picture of our prayer meeting, and in the prayer meeting on Thursday, there was such a strong sense of the Holy Spirit hovering. My wife, Jenny, she just said, I just sense the Holy Spirit is hovering. And that immediately took us to the scripture in Genesis chapter 1, and it's on the screen, and I just want to read it uh, for you. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said. And I opened in prayer and I spoke about that faith is ignited by the Word of God, by God speaking to us. But there's a step that precedes that life-giving Word. And this is the words up in the line over there. The Spirit of God is hovering. And so our prayer meeting on Thursday, we were praying into that the Spirit of God would hover over our hearts. Because the Spirit of God prepares the hearts to receive the word or the seed. The Spirit of God is the one who goes and, and tills the soil of our hearts so we can receive the word. When the Father speaks the word, then we can receive that word. And so I, I just love this, just how... The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to bring forth these purposes. And so, I want to I ask you if, you, if you trust in God for a word, a word that will ignite, ignite faith in your heart, maybe the prayer you need to pray is, Holy Spirit, come and hover over my heart. This is how everything around us was created. The Spirit of God was there, was hovering. The Spirit of God was waiting for the Father to speak the word and for Jesus to bring forth. And, and if you read the, the Genesis, the various declarations, let there be light. And every time he spoke, bam, these things happened. Why? Because the Spirit of God was there hovering, waiting to fulfill and execute the will of the Father. 
And so this has been our prayer. We have been praying, Lord, let your spirit hover over our hearts. That we can receive. And when we hear that word, bad, it'll come to pass in our life. This is just this foundation that I wanted to give you. So, last week we started in Hebrews chapter 11. The chapter that lists the heroes of faith. I love Hebrews 11 and I really felt, if we're going to talk about faith, it's a good place to start. And when I started, I was hoping to get to verse 10. We only did the first four verses last week and I'm totally happy with that because this week we carry on. And we're going to carry on in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11. And let's just read together. Faith lifted Enoch from this life and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. Before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. One little verse that just actually says so much. It's one of those verses, I've never spoken about this verse. I've actually often spoken about the next verse. And the next verse speaks about how we please God, that faith pleases God. I love verse 6. But I've never actually seen the connection and just how the Holy Spirit was leading the author of, of Hebrews, that it was from, as he was writing about Enoch, and how Enoch pleased God, that led him into verse 6, which we all love, that without faith it's impossible to please God, that faith pleases God. And we're going to get to verse 6, but I've never seen this connection between verse 5 and verse 6. And I, I, I felt we needed to dig here. So we're going to spend some time with Enoch this morning. I don't know how many of you have, have hung out with Enoch before. Well, anyway, say hi to Enoch. We're going to, we're going to look at this guy. But the interesting thing about Enoch, let me just tell you, he's one of three people in the Bible that literally were taken straight up into heaven. They didn't pass through death to get to heaven. It was him, and remember it was Elijah on the chariot of fire, and then of course our Lord Jesus Christ. He was taken up to heaven in the cloud with the angels, remember? Yes, he had tasted death on our behalf, but death wasn't the means with which he entered into heaven. The Holy Spirit and the angel just came and just took him up to heaven. So it's happened three times in the Bible, but Enoch was the first one. And let's go and look. So you would think, wow, okay, this dude just got taken straight up into heaven. He didn't die. He must be quite a dude. There must be a lot the Bible has to say about this guy. So let's go and look at all the verses about Enoch. And there they are. They fit onto one screen. There's actually another reference to him. But I, I must say, I was like, okay, let's study the life of Enoch. And I got a bit disappointed when I started digging in my Bible for stories about Enoch. Surely somebody who was taken up to heaven, you know, surely he's at least resurrected at least one other person from the dead. Surely he's like, I don't know, you know, planted a couple of churches, you know, healed a couple of people. Guys, it's surprising how little is said about Enoch. This is what Genesis says. Enoch, in Genesis 5.22, Enoch walked with or pleased God after he fathered Methuselah. Okay? 300 years, 
and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365. Enoch walked with or pleased God, and he was not, for God took him. I don't know about you, but it is surprisingly little about a guy that walked so close to God that God just said, hey man, just come here. I mean, you're walking on earth so much like heaven, you may as well just come to heaven. There's not going to be much difference for you. But, but I want you just to look at what the Bible does say about him. I mean, the previous verse just says who his dad was, verse 21. And then it says, he had a son, he fathered Methuselah, and then he had some other sons and daughters, and that was it. All we know about this dude is that he was a dad. He had a couple of kids. He walked with God. Now, I put in brackets there the word please, because um, that word is the word that is actually found in the Septuagint which is the Greek Old Testament. So remember, the Old Testament was actually written in Hebrew, but um, in the early years, there were many, for example, believers in Egypt and North Africa that didn't understand Hebrew, and they all understood Greek. So there was this, this translation. And in the Septuagint, they actually used the Greek word for walked with God. Is the, they used this word, please God. And then in Hebrews, we just read the verse, verse 5, 11 verse 5, it says that, that he walked by faith, and we know that faith pleases God. So folks, all we know about this walk, because I was like, well, what did this walk look like? What does this walk look like if you're walking along and next minute you're in heaven? Folks, what we know from Scripture, it was a life of faith, and that faith pleases God, and God says, you make me so happy, son. Just keep walking. And he walked up the stairway to heaven, and boom, he was no more. I love what the Bible says. And he was not, for God took him. There are a couple of things we can know, folks. I believe if you pleased God, you would have been a good dad. What does a good dad do? A good dad will provide for his children. A good dad, as somebody said years ago, and I love it, to the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. I want to submit to you that he, he, he must have loved his wife. We don't know who, who she was. But we know that he lived in a way that pleased God. That means he must have loved his wife well, provided for his children, been a good father, and in those days providing was hard work. That means most of these people, they lived an agrarian lifestyle. He would have been out in the field, tending his um, fields, looking after his flocks. He was a hard-working man, working man. He had kids. He pleased God in his everything he did, so he would have been a good dad, good husband, good father. That's all we know about. And he did all this by faith. And he did all of this by faith, pleasing God, and this was called walking with God. I'm like, Lord, this love of life of faith cannot be that difficult. If a good dude by faith gets taken to heaven and all he did was he had some kids. That's officially all we know about him. No resurrections, no healings, etc. He had some kids. And we know he pleased God, so he did a good job by it. And I look at this and I'm like, 
let us not over-spiritualize faith and think that this is something just for, you know, those super apostles. The apostle Paul spoke about these other apostles that were, that were slandering him. You know these dudes who, who, who kind of walk in water all the time? This dude didn't walk in water once. We want to know about it. He was a dad. And he did it in a way that pleased God. And then life, Lord, this life of faith is, is more down to earth. It is about trusting God in how you father your children. It's trusting God in how you provide for your families. Trusting God, walking in faith the way you love your wife. And that stuff pleases God. And God says, come my son. It was so good walking with you down there. It's terrible walking with you. It's, it's actually incredible. But this whole concept of pleasing God, this is what the next verse actually goes on to say. And so if we... Sorry, I actually got the scripture up here. Psalm 16, verse 11. Because I was, I was just thinking about this concept of walking with God. And that this walk with God that he had pleased God. There was pleasure in this walk with God. And, and I want to challenge each one of you. You know, it's a fact that majority of people come to Christ when they are younger. And I think it's the age of about 25. Like something like 80% of people who come to the Lord, who surrender their lives to Christ, become born-again Christians. Do so under the age of 25. But after that, people usually come to the Lord through a life crisis. No doubt that God would have used a worldwide pandemic to cause many people to come to Him. People go through crises, and they come to Christ. The sad thing that I've noticed is... If you only know God as the God in the crisis, often you don't walk with God when there's no crisis, when the pressure's off. You know what's interesting? Church attendance online skyrocketed in the first three weeks of lockdown. But since then, it has plummeted. And this is worldwide stats. I, I don't know what our stats are. Why? Because kind of the crisis is abated. Why do we need to go to church, walk with God, this God thing, you know, God got me through this, you know, I'm still living, kicking, breathing, etc. We're okay. And even in my own life. I'm, I'm sure there's not a person in this room who doesn't draw close to God in a crisis. But folks, our relationship with God is not meant to be defined by crisis. This dude walked with God in a pleasing way. It pleased God. And folks, I want to submit to you. Knowing God's pleasure, do you, in your times with God, do you sense His pleasure, not because of what He's done for you, just because you're His child and He delights in you and He loves you? Can you and do you relate to God in that way? And, and here in Psalm 16, verse 11, the significance of this psalm is it's one of the verses that Peter gets up in Acts chapter 2 after the Holy Spirit's poured out and he quotes from Psalm 16 verse 11. And it says, you made known to me the path of life. And why did this verse, this verse connected in my mind? Because the Bible talks about Enoch as walking with God. And this verse talks about God making known, a path, known to him a path of life. And then it says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Folks, I'm convinced. That God is wanting us to walk with Him, not just in crisis, or not just in, you know, the high points, but in all of life. 
and that we would know his presence and it says in his presence there's fullness of joy that's why sometimes in worship as we had earlier did you see how the joy hit pdy she's encountered god's presence and joy just bubbles up it's just it's bible folks and peter quoted this in acts chapter 2 that joy is part of his presence but the reality this is meant to be a reality not just in a moment of worship you know where you haven't been in church for like six months and it's like wow god this is amazing you know my prayer is that for all of us we'd experience that joy bubbling up when you're walking into a, a high-powered meeting that you know is a deal-breaking meeting that you experience his joy that you would experience that joy when you are in the middle of trying to write an email and you just can't find the words to say what you're trying to say. And you've written this five times and you've edited and you've got your wife to try and help you. That you experience joy right there. This is my prayer that I would know. And he goes on to say, at your right hand are pleasures every morning. Evermore. This, this concept of pleasing God, folks. See, when you please God, you spend time with Him. We sense his pleasure, and that gives us pleasure. And my prayer for you as I was preparing is that your walk with God would be a pleasure. A pleasure driven, a pleasure motivated, a pleasure reality, not just crisis, a crisis relationship. Yeah. And, and, and just to sense the Lord's pleasure. You know, the delight of serving God from his pleasure towards you. It's so different to try to serve God to seek his pleasure. And sadly, that is the definition of religion. Doesn't matter what religion you're in, even, I want to say, the Christian religion. Many people experience Christianity as religion because it is doing stuff to try and get God's pleasure. We serve God from pleasure. We serve God from his delight in us. And therefore, what do we do? We come early. We set up video cameras. We spend hours on the internet trying to figure out how to live stream. How do we do that? And if we have his pleasure, we want the world to know his pleasure. Amen. Beautiful scripture. Let's go out. See you in verse 6. And I love this verse. But I never saw that Enoch was the catalyst to actually understand verse 6. It says that without faith living within us, that's, that's what faith is. It's, it's not a medical concept. It's living in us. We experience faith living in us. Without faith living in us, it would be impossible to please God. I'm just going to pause there. In essence, remember, this is how we not please God. We live by faith. That's what the previous verse says. And, and all of us. How do we please God? It is faith. It's the only way. For we come to God, this verse says, in faith, knowing that He's real. And I want to say that's the reality of faith. Faith makes God so real to us. But we can tell you how when you walk in faith, it is so real. And He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. This is the beauty of faith. It makes God real. No, not about you know a good sounding song to experience the reality of God. It's when faith is living inside that is real to us, and we know this 
that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passions and strength in the seeking of him. That there are consequences. I was thinking about this, the consequences of faith. I, I thought I should put a disclaimer in here. If we talk about Enoch, it's happened three times in the Bible. I just want to warn you, you may not die. Some of you say, well, I didn't sign up for that. Well, I'm just going to put that. You don't, let me just put the small print. You know, in complex is the small print. I'm just warning you, you walk by faith, you may just not die. I don't know who would object to that, quite honestly, okay? But, but who knows? Hey, if you're the fourth person around here, and you're in our church, I'm telling you, I won't be quiet about it. I'm just you, I probably won't be quiet about it, okay? Okay. And I want to put, put this on the next screen. I'll just put these notes over here. The writer to the Hebrews didn't say that it's difficult to please God without faith. He said that it is impossible. Sure. <laughs> it's not difficult without faith. It's impossible. What is the context? With faith, it is so possible to please God. It is so possible. Amen. It's not difficult to please God. Walk by faith. Trust Him. In your parenting, trust him as you go to work. It delights him. He's pleased by us. And secondly, these two elements, because remember it says, um, if you have faith, um, the second part of that verse speaks about knowing his reality and the rewards. These two elements seem most simple, but alas, how do you professing Christians act as if God would not live? How many others? Those seeking after him are not expecting, expecting from him as reward. I trust that we would not live as a God is not living. I mean, what kind of a test is a life like that when you're a Christian? And secondly, I mean, if we seek him, we will find out what your is. Knock and the door will be open. Ask, and you will answer. Let's go on to the to the next verse, verse seven. And so we looked at Enoch, this dude that did so little except walking by faith. And I just want to say this about Enoch. I've been so just been so convicted about the nameless and faithless generation of believers that the Lord is raising. I heard a declaration a couple of years ago. And, and I, I was just looking at it. There's actually a prophetic word by Paul Cain in 89, 31 years ago. He prophesied about God raising a nameless, faithless generation of believers. That would walk so close with us. That we would walk in so much power. But would not be seeking for fame or to be known or to, you know, be on TV or, I don't know, live stream or whatever. You just want Jesus to be famous. A nameless and faceless generation. And I think of Enoch. He's that kind of a guy. He had such a phenomenal walk with God. God just took him to heaven. But we know, like, three verses about it. Come you know, on. I'm like, okay, Lord. I'm okay if, you know, my name's not on the front page of whatever, Time Magazine. I don't know where's a famous place to put your name. I don't mind, as long as Jesus is made famous, amen? As long as his name is glorified. That's Enoch. So let's look at the next dude. And what's so beautiful about Hebrews chapter 11 is he's 
He's looking with eyes of faith. And this is this, the perspective of the Spirit of God on people's lives that live by faith. And, and if you actually go look at their lives, it's often quite different to the narrative in, in other places in the Bible to how, when Jesus, with his extra eyes of faith, look at a life, it actually looks quite different. And this is the beauty. You know, so often we like, oh, Lord, you know, that aspect and that aspect. The Lord, when we get to Him, when the Lord plays, when the Lord streams your YouTube channel in heaven, okay, to use, to use one lingo, okay, when He streams your YouTube channel showing your life, I believe it's going to just show those areas of your life that you walk by faith. Because this is the picture that you see from Hebrews chapter 11. Faith opened Noah's heart. Just those words. I, I just have the line here. Faith opened Noah's heart. And this is so beautiful. You know, a hard, crusty, closed heart is a very hard place for God to work and, and for life, fresh winds and new, new growth to come forth. Okay? Faith has a way of just opening our hearts to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that has never been seen. You see, folks, there are some fresh winds and new growth, things that God wants to bring forth from this house, from our, 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 our corporate faith, from your lives, that maybe haven't been seen, or have never been done in that way. But faith opens our heart to new things. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark. And that was his story. He built an ark, something that had never been seen before. You know, I mean, when he went to the guys and said, hey guys, you know, this, this, and this, they probably didn't know what he was talking about. But by faith, he saw it and he built it. I want to speak to you about just one or two examples that are really close to home. It was about 2014, 2015, I can't remember, but Cassie usually remembers the dates and he'll tell me exactly when it was. Lance Jacobs came and spoke to us at two conferences. And, um, and at the one conference, we were driving back the Saturday evening, or taking him back to his, his, his accommodation. And as we were driving the car, Jim was with him. He just said, Jacques, I believe God is wanting to give you poverty. And he said, he said the interesting thing, he said, but I don't, I believe God's going to give you poverty, and there's going to be, he, he didn't say land, he didn't say building, he said poverty. And I, and, I, and I took note of that, and he said, but I don't, what, the Lord's, I sense the Lord saying that you mustn't worry about the students. And because the property's going to provide is going to basically meet your needs. Now, you see, when he said that, my thinking at that stage was, we are meeting in a school hall right next to the campus of UKZN in Peter Maritzburg. God called us to the city to put on one foot in the campus and one foot in the community and, and to reach the future leaders on the campus in a community church where they can experience family, they experience fathers, mothers, and where they can be nurtured in healthy spiritual family and natural families that would take them home and let them invite them to meals and speak into their lives and love them and nurture them and, and disciple them. And my thing was, there, Scottsville was developed more than 100 years ago. There's no big open pieces of land for development. Where are we going to build a church? My 
and find an anchor church. And so my heart was kind of closed, and I was saying, God, if we go to the outskirts of the city to find an anchor for the church, how are we going to get the students there? We're going to buy buses and bus people and etc. And I, this is what I was wrestling with. So Lance Jacobs comes and says, I'm going to buy a property. Don't worry about the students. I was like, I was still wrestling, but my heart was open. We started praying. And the next thing, you know, Faith Love Works is there. We started looking around. And we discovered this building, the Scout Hall, that's 300 meters from the university campus. That's for sale. When I walked here, I was like, God, I can't believe this property. I've never seen the property before. I've driven down this road before. I didn't even know this hall existed. But faith opened Noah's heart, the Bible says. When Lord Jacob spoke that word, that prophetic word to me, it opened my heart to, to the possibility that God had something. And I want to I ask you, what word of faith have you received from God? And is your heart still open for God to be faithful to His word, to fulfill His word? Is your heart still open or is your heart closed? Maybe the question is, how open is your heart to the prophetic word, to the word of faith, to God's promise? It says, he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built. Just underline that in the middle of the screen. He stepped out in reverent obedience. And I want to tell you, that, is what, that, was, that was the sense that I got when the Lord called us 15 years ago. And I say 15 years ago, folks, because last Friday on the 2nd of October was exactly 15 years since we had our first service in our lounge, in our home, in Hayfield. Exactly for three years. And so we just praise God for And when the Lord spoke to me, spoke into my heart by Camel's Spirit, on the one hand, there was this delight that God had spoken. But on the other hand, there was this, and I want to use this, this reverence of this factor. Well, like, Lord, you've now spoken, I don't fail. Disobey, and I know that doesn't please you. And so, I want to just I want to highlight some amazing fresh winds and new growth that has been happening during lockdown. Remember, I said that this this time God has led us to a time of prayer. Pray. We did the prayer course. I mean, prayer has just been on fire for the last six months. Amazing. And the one prayer meeting I said, I believe we're going to look back at this season, these six months or whatever of lockdown, and say, God, you burned so much in our hearts in that time. Amazing seeds of faith promises were put in us. And I believe, and I had the sense that 20 years from now, we're going to look back at 2020 as a season of lockdown and say, God, what you did there was so profound, it was so significant. Thank you, Lord, for lockdown, okay? Well, when you're in lockdown, it's like, God, when's this going to end? Oh, we still at level four, when's level three coming? Lord, I need level two, please help me. But God, we're doing so much better, okay? And, and I want to put this up. We're part of the Every Nation family of churches. And on the next slide, I'm just putting up the Every Nation mission statement, which you guys know. We exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially respons responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. The focus is here that we, are, we want to honor God and how? By establishing 
these kind of churches and campus ministries in every nation. Folks, in the last six months, I'm astounded at what God has been doing in this department. So I've, I'm, I'm part of an Every Nation Leaders WhatsApp group, and there have, has been so much activity in terms of guys just believing God and saying, God, we're going to go for you. Remember, I, I just shared about Enoch. In reverent obedience, he brought him up. There is so much going on. And I want to share this just as an example. I, I, I looked at this, and the reality is that I'm, I'm going to put a list of churches that are being planned to be planted. To you, that may be names. To me, they're people. They are life. They are people igniting their faith. They are people who are igniting their faith in this. And so here's the list. These are the churches that are being planted around the world, and this was posted this week on the WhatsApp group that I'm a part of. In Portland, in Zambia, in Croatia, in Northern Namibia, in Ireland, in Malawi, in Beta, in South Korea, in Indonesia. Wow! I was like, there's a lot of people whose lives are going to be changed 20 years from now whose lives are going to be radically changed because of the faith that is being ignited and released in these six months. I want to particularly highlight, um, well, uh, which one should I start? P, it's my hometown, okay? I'm like, I'm, I had to put that up first on the list, okay? Um, uh, let me just mention the Croatia one, because the guy who, the, 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 the guy's leading that, that church plant, Hansi Radikat, he's actually a pastor in Pretoria. And I and I, I just I heard about him doing this and I said, have you got a prayer group? So I'm on his WhatsApp prayer group. Let me tell you, they started this in March. Looking to go to Croatia, to Zagreb in Croatia. It's a city they have, it's the capital city of Croatia. They have something like 20 or 30 or 40,000 students just in Zagreb because it's the educational hub of, of that nation as well. And, and Hansi, they started in, in, in March. To date, they have 15 people who've signed up to be part of this church plant, including two people from Namibia who are relocating to Croatia, to Zagreb, okay? How many of you have even heard of Zagreb, okay? I can't even look on the map with Zagreb, okay? Um, and uh, yeah, so, so exciting. I want to put up the next the next picture is this one. So this is a Zoom call. They were doing training with church planters, and they actually posted this on the group. This is these these there are six churches just coming out of this group of people that are being planted. Now I don't know all of them. I know this uh, the, the lady Summer Joseph in the middle there. She is so familiar. She's from Namibia. I'm sure she came to SSL a couple of years ago here in Peter Murphy, And I think she's the one who's going to northern Namibia to find a church. Um, we have, uh, let me see. Well, this guy, Willem, Willem Hassan, this guy on the, on, the, on, the, on the left in the middle there, he's going to Ireland to a city called Gal Galway, where a very good friend of mine has just immigrated to. And, 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 and one of the other guys said, Willem actually, one of the pastors, the pastor in Worcester, uh, Tashus, said that Willem actually water baptized him in 98. 
And so he's going to Galway. Galway is, is the, the, the cultural capital of Ireland. So let me just look at some of the other guys. Daniel at the bottom here, uh, he's, he's doing the Zambia church plant. Um, and then, anyway, I, I recognize some of the guys. I don't know all of them. But folks, these are guys who are in reverent obedience, obeying God. And it really warms our heart to share this with them. Because 15 years ago, we got out of our boat being passes in the Folks, there are countless lives that are going to be changed by these nine church plants that are being planted. And, and, and I wanted, I was, I was saying, Lord, faith is not an ethereal, mystical thing that some people get. Faith is something that a guy like Enoch, who just had some kids and pleased God, did. But faith is also looking like this. And while I was able to put that picture up was, I thought these guys looked quite normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at them, I was looking for the halo. Can you see a halo on the Okay? Their halos look just like your halos, okay? And I'm saying, yes. What does the life of faith look like? Some, for some of you, you know that you are called to study in this city. But there are people like this that are sensing the call to go. The levels of obedience required is the same. The levels of faith required is the same. I know, I know the faith is required, for example, just to bring up kids and to trust God to provide for them. Especially when they say that they would like to go to university one day. And you kind of go, so I actually want us to finish. I want us to sing that song written by our sound engineer, Einstein. And so with that, I want to ask the band if you start I want us to I want us to sing that song because it's a song declaring our trust. And you know, for some of us, they're big things, you know, public church planters, for example. For some of you, it is, I'm trusting God for Bible and children. I'm trusting God that I would be a good husband, that I would lead my family well. And that it would be done in a way that pleases God. Amen. So as a man gets ready, let me just pray. Lord, it says of Enoch, that faith lifted him. And Lord, we know in the natural, it lifted him all the way to heaven. But Father, living by faith, lifts us wherever we are. Lord, we don't need a lift. We don't need some kick or some drug or some addiction to lift us, Lord. Lord, you are the lifter of our lives. Lord, as we engage faith, Lord, it lifts us. And Father, I just pray for every single one of us that we would, we would walk with you in a pleasing way. We know that that way is the life of us. So, Lord, we can sing this song, Birds in this House, Lord. We rededicate our lives to live a life that pleases you.
a life that lifts us up from the, all the struggles and all the challenges we face. It's a life that is focused on heaven. It is a life focused on Jesus. Amen. Jesus.